Today on the ZabeCast, and people wonder, are the media really hated that much? Oh yeah, Hub Arkish stitches himself a clown suit on Aaron Rodgers. Notorious J.A.Y. is in the house, and we've got a lot to talk about, including an A-Rod Manning cast? All that plus a rousing FTG to a guy who once called himself a shock jock. Your 45-minute uncensored Zabe Express is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, here we go! Thursday, January 6, 2022. Thank you for downloading and thank you for being part of ZabeCast Nation. Man, oh man, have things been popping off on the COVID and sports front. Before we get to Hub Arkish and his glorious, absolutely rhinestone-studded clown suit that he has given himself, before we get to that, the story of Novak Djokovic and the Aussie Open is flat-out hilarious. The Aussie Open's like, look, he's the number one player in the world. He's the defending champ. By the way, how did he get in last year? I guess there was no vaccines last year. Is that how he got in at this time? I... I've lost track. But anyway, they were going to grant him a special exemption, and the whole country lost their fucking minds. And so he's in the airport, and his visa's revoked, and he's stranded, and then they're like, nope, he can't come in. One island nation that has lost its ever-loving mind over this thing. Yes, keeping out one tennis player for one tournament is going to stop the spread of the virus (laughs) look at their charts they're like everybody else's straight to the moon i told you they'll never admit they're wrong they just won't so poor novak Djokovic, not gonna play in the aussie open he will just continue to be a super rich number one world's tennis player who will play in the rest of the majors i'm sure by the time the summer comes around on the tennis circuit now to aaron Rodgers. And Hub Arkish. Hub Arkish absolutely stitched himself up a clown suit, the likes of which I can't remember a guy doing this much damage to his own reputation. But what an embarrassment this was. Here he was on 670 The Score talking to a couple of hosts about why he would not vote for Aaron Rodgers for MVP, no matter how good his season was. Do you have an MVP vote this year, Hub? I do. Yeah, I'm one of the AP. There's 50 of us who vote, and I am one of us. And are you? did you reveal that you're not voting for Aaron Rodgers? Is that correct? I did, yeah. I mean, I've been pretty consistent about that all year. Um, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your, your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. It, it, has he been the most valuable on the field? Yeah, you could make that argument, but I don't think he is – clearly that much more valuable than than Jonathan Taylor or uh, or Cooper Cup or, or maybe even Tom Brady and and so from where I sit the rest of it is why he's not going to be my choice do I think he's going to win it probably you know the, the, a lot of the voters don't don't approach it the same way that I do others do who I've spoken to um, but one of the, the, the ways we get to keep being voters is we're not allowed to say who we are voting for until after the award has been announced. I'm probably pushing the envelope by saying who I'm not voting for, um, but we're, we're not really supposed to reveal our votes. Are they supposed to, are off-field things like vaccination status supposed to factor in or are there no guidelines for that? 
There's no guidelines. Uh, you know, we are told to pick the guy who we think is the most valuable to his team. And, and um, the, you know, I, I don't think it says anywhere, you know, strictly on the field. Uh, although I do think he hurt his team on the field, uh, you know, by, by the way he acted off the field. Uh, you know, I mean, they're going to get the number one seed anyway. But what if the difference had come down to uh, to the Chiefs game, you know, where he lied about being vaccinated and, and, and you know, ended up not playing and they got beat. So uh, I think all these things should be considerations. That, that's the way I look at it. He ruined the entire offseason for that football team. They were left in jeopardy. They had no idea what they were doing. Um, uh, a, a lot of the off-the-field stuff was wasted because he wasn't there. He tortured his fan base. Um, uh, and, he's, and he's getting ready. He's already started doing it again. Oh, he, so, you know, so, he, so he couldn't have won the MVP before the season for you? For me, no. Yeah, no. I, I just think that, that the way he's carried himself is inappropriate, and and, and you know the, the 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 vaccine thing just was one more, you know, log on the fire, so to speak. I I think he's a bad guy, you know, and I don't think a bad guy can be the most valuable valuable guy at the same time. There you go. What a total clown. Well, on Wednesday, Rogers had a chance to respond. Here was that answer. Um. After what you said last week about what it would mean to win your fourth MVP, what what do you think of one of the 50 voters coming out and saying yesterday, quote, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the MVP. I think he's a bad guy, and I don't think a bad guy can be the MVP at the same time. I think he's a bum. <laughs> I think he's an absolute bum. You don't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments, but – I mean, to, and I listen to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, in the offseason, that, you know, I had zero chance of winning the VP, in my opinion, should exclude, you know, future, future votes. Um, you know, his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league. Because he doesn't know me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. I mean, I've never met him. I've never had lunch with him. I've never had an interview with him. Um, his problem is I'm not vaccinated, you know, so if he wants to go on a crusade and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum and I'm not going to waste any time worrying about that stuff. He has no idea who I am. He's never, never talked to me in his life, but it's unfortunate that those those sentiments it's surprising that he would even say that to be honest but yeah i knew this was possible talked about on mcafee weeks ago um but crazy it's amazing well done aaron charles rogers makes me love him even more by now anyone with a brain who's been paying at least a little bit of attention who wants to pay attention to what's actually happening knows that this is the deal this virus had at worst a 99.7 percent survival rate and that's global survival rate all peoples all age ranges including those in long-term care the number went down even further from that once you got to outside of long-term care and it went down further after that after the initial couple months of the pandemic when we started to develop therapies and other ways to combat this disease. You got two major drug, com drug companies in Pfizer and Moderna that have come out with a vaccine. Vaccine. 
first of all, Pfizer, for anyone that knows the pharmaceutical industry, one of the most heavily fined criminal drug companies out there. It's amazing how Big Pharma used to be absolutely reviled in the popular narrative, and now it's completely flipped. Moderna, meanwhile, didn't even have a viable product in their portfolio prior to COVID-19. They were probably another year from going bankrupt. So this saved them. So these companies cherry-picked an age group for their trials at the heat of the early of the pandemic because the government's like, ah, get, get something. Operation Warp Speed, right? Cherry-picked their age group. It didn't include enough older people to accurately represent who was getting sick from this virus. They cut off the trials after three months because they knew the efficacy of these vaccines would wane. Then they vaxxed the placebo group, which is never done, apparently, in these things. And all of it was very highly unusual, if not unethical. But that's how they roll. So it does seem that the vaccines prevent a certain degree of severe outcomes, possibly. It's hard to know for sure, though. I've read the studies that say, yes, they prevent severe outcomes because we've compared this group and that group and vaxxed and unvaxxed. But you don't know individually as a person how you're going to fare whether you're vaxxed or not because the virus affects everybody else differently. So you don't know for sure, but it looks like it helps. Okay, fine. And you know what? They're mostly safe, mostly safe. However, they know there's an elevated risk of heart issues and blood clots in certain populations, especially men under 40. They're like, no, not good. Like maybe two shots and that's it. But you keep getting boosters, you're rolling the dice on myocarditis, pericarditis, and a bunch of other bad stuff. They know this. The risk of dying of COVID, like you look at the basic equation. Let's say the risk of dying of COVID is something very small, like four in a thousand. But if you're vaxxed, it goes down to two in a thousand. Okay, well, that's good, right? You're cutting your chances by 50%, but they're already very, very low. And here's the thing. Except that there are therapeutics for COVID, which would change the risk equation for many of us. Because you don't get COVID and die all of a sudden. You start to go south, but as you are going south and as you get sick and as you test positive, there's therapeutics to push back and change the course of the disease. They don't always work, but at least they're there. Monoclonal antibodies, hydrochloroquine, a.k.a. Plaquenil, even ivermectin, the much reviled horse dewormer. You know what there's not a therapeutic for? A fatal heart attack. You know what there's not a therapeutic for? A fatal stroke. No therapeutic for those. Those are, bam, you're done. So it's, you know, it's a real sort of 50-50 risk equation for most people in many age groups, if not an outright, I don't need it. Younger people, healthy people, not morbidly obese people don't need it. It's not worth the risk. It's crazy. But they can't just say, hey, here's what this does. It's a therapeutic. It lasts about five months. It's a good prophylactic to keep severe outcomes down. If you're at risk, if you're overweight, certain age group, it makes sense. Because the risk of the vaccine, it's a slightly elevated profile of certain things, but it's mostly safe. We think, by the way, we think. We don't know long term. 
because we haven't been long-term with this, but they think it's safe. So here it is. Take it if you want it. Don't if you don't. And no problem. If that was the case, we wouldn't have any problems, would we? But this current administration and their media allies are all heaping it on the unvaccinated. Blame them because things are still not right. People are getting COVID. Whose fault can it be? Can't be our fault as the government. And they can't just say, well, this was going to happen. We had no power to stop it, which is what the honest and correct answer would have been. And so the blaming of one group of people, as anybody who knows history, it's a dark and evil road that I cannot believe we are going down, but here we are. And for those that have taken the vaccine and feel good about it, that's great. If you feel like it's helped you after getting COVID, that's great. If you've gotten a booster and you feel good about it, that's great. But are you going to take one every five months? Five months, five months, for, for how many years? At what risk? For how long? What if you get covid Again, and recover again. You're going to keep taking a booster then? Then what? That's going to be a very interesting question in the next 12 to 24 months. Okay, let's get to my man, Notorious J-A-Y. Not, not, notorious, notorious. Happy Wednesday. No doubt, still dabbing the moistness from the corner of your eyes following Big Ben's final lap around Heinz Field. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It was a little emotional. I did get, I could, because I'm no longer going to see a winning season for like oh. seven years now. Oh my God, so. yeah. Well, you appreciate that, and I appreciate that you understand how good you had it for 18 years. And can you give it up to Mike Tomlin, too? For calling time out to try to get Ben a curtain call, that one? Well, no, I mean, just for having this run of, you know, seasons without a losing season. I mean... I, I can. I yell about both of them, but I in wouldn't the be in this. I, yeah. In the end, they're both great. They're I'm both an idiot. family. There you who go. Who cares? Right. But wait a minute. Can I tell my quick Ben Roethlisberger yeah, story? Yeah, hold on. Post-coming. Stand by, everybody. All right, and there we go. Okay. So I was in attendance for his first NFL snap. They played the Ravens. It was in Baltimore, of course. And it was like a, a nice, like, 75-degree day in September. Mm. The starting quarterback for the Steelers was touchdown Tommy Maddox. Oh, Tommy Maddox. Tommy, <laughs> exactly. Tommy Maddox got hurt. I believe it was the second quarter. And... Hey, Dottie, who's that quarterback the, the Steelers got? Ruffle something. Comes in the game. He comes in the game, and I'm just pissed off because the Ravens are sticking it up our ass. And I'm surrounded by Ravens fans, my buddies, and they're just shitting on me. And my friend goes, you know what? This kid might not be that bad. I'm just pissed. I can't hear that. I'm like, shut up. We're getting killed. Little <laughs> did I know that was the last time he'd lose for the rest of that season until – 
The play was it the Super Bowl or the playoffs? No, the, the playoffs. The playoffs. Yeah. Great. No, he yeah. definitely went on a run for sure. Hey Donnie, what's the name of that quarterback? The Steelers drafted. Rafa something. Nice pick Kawa. God, those commercials are great. Oh, oh. my god. Nice pick Kawa. By the way, that that was a hard commercial to find. Uh, It's not on YouTube. I've already had a a guy email me saying, ooh, ooh, I've been looking for that. I can't find it. Um, I'll try to post it. I I really want to post the video to YouTube, my YouTube account, then people can have at it. Here's the best, okay? You're going to remember this. Here's the full commercial with the other guys saying things that are wrong. Yell stop if you need what to. Was it, what, what was it? No, you're, no Get your was, story was, straight. Get your, get story, your story straight. straight. Okay. Here we right. go. Yell stop if you need to. Get into Tim Brown. Get into Jerry Rice. All season long. <laughs> Because Jerry Rice was a bum. Okay, well, that was with, at, that was that was that with time, right sorry, at, yeah, right, but that was at the tail end. That was with the Raiders. Yeah, yes. And they thought that that was going to be this great combo: two thirty-five-year-old receivers <laughs> with yeah, Rich Cannon. Work. Okay, here yeah. we go. Hey, watch your step. NFC West. I like the Forty Niners. They were terrible that year. Awesome. This this one's great. Best thing that ever happened to Butch Davis. Oh. Kellen Winslow is the best thing that ever happened to Butch Davis. <laughs> well, besides that and rape. Yeah, yes. Exactly. And yeah. this one absolutely floors me. You'll remember it. Here we go. Ricky Williams has one thing on his mind. <laughs> That's winning football games. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This was another commercial. A guy goes something like, LaDainian Holmes is great. Uh, 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 oh, hold on. Sorry. Here I'm it so comes. Oh, Are I'm you so ready? Hey, I'm ready. Donnie, what's the name of that quarterback? Oh, shit. Is drafted. Rothel something. Nice pick, Kawa. Yeah, no, it's not in this one, but yeah, the guy says, LT's, <laughs> he goes, LT's good between the 20s. Right. He only set the record that year for most touchdowns. Yeah. Exactly. Between the 20s. Uh-huh. But I love the guy, the character they got for him. It was this smooth brother in a suit with a thin black tie. And he just had these pursed lips where he was like so over it. Like, yeah, yeah, he's good. Pause between the 20s. Uh-huh. Good stuff. They should bring that back. But anyway, so there goes Big Ben. Uh, one more game to go. And uh, at least you won't have a, a, a losing season, but you're eliminated. For the straight year. Uh, you're yes. technically still alive, but you need a miracle, right? We need a goat to kick a field goal. Uh, three guys dance in the end zone. It, it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not gonna All right. Yeah, we need like a tie, uh, whatever. All right, I got 10 things to run through plus FTG, so let's get cracking. Number one, Ooh. the NFL has finally kicked the Wonderlick test to the curb. Your that thing was. Have you ever taken the Wonder Lake? Yeah, we did it on the air one time. I think one year we did. Because it, it's not that easy. No, it's a weird ass test. I don't know if it really translates into being football smart, but it became yeah. a flashpoint where, God forbid, a black quarterback had a leaked Wonder Lake that was low. It Vince you know, Young. Yeah, well, Vince Young, <laughs> that was accurate. <laughs> Well, okay, like you just said, football smart. I remember one time on the air, you got a play, and it was like 85 different things. And you, me, and Scott and Goldie were like, 
I don't have any idea what any of this means. We we then go to we tried to just it. repeat the play, and right. we listened to it over and over again, and it was really hard just to repeat the play. So then we go to the crosstalk with Sheeman and James Washington. James Washington, like I just snapped my fingers, just says, "Oh, it's this, 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 and this," and I was like, "Jesus Christ!" There's that, that's football smart, right? And exactly. Let, let, and let's not say. J Dub was not a Rhodes Scholar. Let's <laughs> no, just say that. <laughs> no, but he he spoke football quite eloquently. Yeah. Here, here, yeah, here's one of the calls. All right, bubble pass right nine oh five SM on one. All right, what was the play? Oh, that's a bubble screen. I, I know that. Much. All right, but can you repeat the call? All right, no, bubble pass right nine oh five SM on one. All right, bubble pass right nine oh five SM on one. All right, bubble yeah. pass right nine oh five SM on one. Yeah. You know, think about getting that play in with your heart beating as fast as it can, 80,000 people screaming, and you got to call that in oh, 20 yeah. seconds. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's uh, it's absolutely crazy. But, yeah, so the Wonderlick is going away, and the NFL has sent out a memo saying to teams, you better not ask any wackadoo questions to prospects in your interview sessions at the Combine. Because remember the Jeff Diamond? A question to Des Bryant that got everyone all up in arms. Was it something like, do you know who your father is or something like that? It, it was something it, way is out your, of bounds. Is your dad a pimp, essentially? Okay. Why? Uh, again. Okay. Here's Jeff Ireland. Where's Jeff, Jeff Ireland. Where's Jeff, the, Jeff okay. Ireland. Okay. So Des Bryant uh, talked about his mom being a prostitute. And he said, so who did your mom work for? And he said, my dad. And then he said, oh, well, was your dad a pimp? So he kind of got led into it. He didn't come out of the blue going, hey, is your mom a prostitute? Apparently, Des Bryant offered that up in the course of the interview. I hate to play both sides of the fence, but if you say your mom was a prostitute and she worked for your dad, Dad. Right. It two, was a two, logical. Two, yeah. Two, two plus two was four. Well, was it a family business or not? You know, <laughs> kept all the money in house. Anyway. All that good marketing. Anyway, there, you know what? There's no uh, there's just no way to uh, you know, like I, I don't think any GM would go in there just swinging away wildly to try to piss off potential players on your team. But but here's the other thing about these interviews. They are the most overrated thing ever because you know who blew people away in interviews? Johnny Manziel. <laughs> I remember the, they were raving. They're like, I remember Mark Sanchez came off as presidential, according to Steve Young. <laughs> that should be on Get Your Story Straight. Exactly. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Number two, Um, what are your thoughts? What, what's your guess on the new name for the Washington football team? I've heard. What's the stupid? Wait a minute, the, the Armada? Is that the one I heard? That no, might be the, the, the one bookmaker has put the Admirals as the number one betting option. Upside down at one to five with the Commanders being second at like five to one. Apparently, there was a clip of the video they put out making the name and it had a reflection of the logo of the new name in the window of the Redskins, well, Wolfskins Park office where Ron Rivera was sitting. And so they kind of like didn't catch that. Admirals, I think, sucks because it implies a seaport and Washington Washington is is not. They should stay with the Washington football team. It's a cool, but you know what? It's the Washington football team. They'll do something stupid. So, but that's, that's the best name they could have, but they will fuck it up. An Admiral is uh, the equivalent of a full general in the Navy. And, um, you know, they can't be the Washington generals because of the basketball team and the basketball team, the generals for those kids too young to have remembered this were the, <laughs> con- the continual foil of the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> they were the stooges. All right. Uh, number three transfer portal stuff. Tubby Smith. Remember Tubby? Tubby's coaching. He's coaching in North Carolina somewhere. Uh, I believe so. Look that up while I get this uh, uh, here. Uh, um, Tubby Smith was was asked about, you know, what do you think of the transfer portal? He said, quote, we had over 800 D1 players transfer transfer last year. 800. High point point University. He He said over 800. Come on. Teaching them how to quit, he said. That's what we're doing. Things not going well. Let's quit. I remember calling my dad when I was a freshman. High Point College. Oh, so I guess he went to High Point, Tubby. He's back at his alma mater? Yeah, I guess guess so. Uh, Dad, people not treating me. This and that. I'm unhappy here. There wasn't but two blacks in the whole school. My dad, he said, son, somebody do something to you? No. You still getting your scholarship? Yeah. They still feeding you? Yeah. Housing you? Yeah. Getting your education? Yeah. I said, you can't come home. Your bed's been taken. But you can join the army. Best thing he ever said to me, Tubby Smith. That's some old school shit right there. Okay, first of all, I I, uh, I love Tubby Smith, Marylander. Oh. Let me say that, Marylander. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but if you don't understand, Tubby, when some coach is getting $9 million yeah. and you're bringing $9 million yeah. in, yeah. Yeah. sorry, yeah. I... I, I I hope these kids get everything they want now. Okay. But but it is the Wild West. It's fucking crazy. It uh, is every day it's something. Yeah. Uh, item number four, the I-95 quick, disaster. The well, we got a lot to get to. The I-95 I I disaster. 
I thought of you, Mr. Trucking Magnate. How badly did that disaster, which I assume is finally untangled due to the snowstorm, how bad did it mess up cow and trucking? It effed us up for two days because I can't, I'm here in Virginia, by the way, right now as we speak. Oh, very nice. And I, I got there Sunday, and Monday morning the storm hit, and we, I think, sent back, I want to say no less, in, just in my terminal, and no less than 15 loads that were on 95. You got them off. No, we, 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 we said either stop now and go back to where you're coming from, like if they're coming from North Carolina to come here, or if they were coming from Maryland to go to Virginia, we said stop. Or we had, we had five trucks, I believe, get into accidents, if I remember that also. So you yeah. saw, you saw this, this huge oh, yeah. thing coming. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, is that road not the Devil's Highway, I-95 South? Of I the DC metro, I would say four. You know four ninety five is worse. I it, it's a good tie because I have my my I've gone to see my dad in Petersburg and take and take a ninety five. I will be cruising, 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 and then you get to Lorton and you're stuck for like twenty minutes, and there's no reason why. It makes no sense. Yeah, you, you know what I like in that road too. I liken it to uh, one of Fred Sanford's heart arteries you know that that stretch of road gets fucked up all the time here's something that was also brought up to me people said i was driving along 95 had no idea there was this huge tie-up that was going to be a 24-hour disaster and the only signs i saw the electronic signs were mask up save lives don't you think they should have used those signs to go, huge pile up, get off now, turn around. Turn around, yeah. You would think that would be the, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yes. I, I guess they're not using those emergency signs well. This email from Brandon, Brandon Burdine, uh, titled Music of Our Generation and Jay, hello, Steed, came across this YouTube channel and instantly got hooked. So many great videos about the songs that speak to those of us in our late 40s, early 50s. Link below in particular made me think of you and Jay. I respect his move into trucking. It gets in the blood. I grew up in a trucking family, and I've worked in the industry since dispatching gasoline trucks in college in the mid-90s. I own part of and run the day-to-day ops in a 25-truck fleet hauling bulk propane. Ooh. So Ooh, there you go. Get, they, they get hazardous pay. <laughs> yes, they get the yeah, extra they, stuff right there. Yeah. Ooh. But what's the, what's the link? So. Oh, uh, let's see. I, I haven't clicked it yet. Uh, okay. It's titled, uh, What Happened to Music? Behind the top 10 songs of this very same. Oh, hold on a second. You ain't getting no money for that. More, more Sanford and Son running in the background. Okay. Here we go. What happened to music? From the year 1986. 35 years ago. Once again, we're going to re-rank all these songs based on their performance or all-time performance since their peak. We have some really cool artist interviews. In this chart, we have uh, one of the most unlikely number ones of the decade oh, as well Christ, as... Jesus Christ, enough talking. I know, it's a lot of talking. Do you want me to skip to number one? Yeah, skip to, a, skip to any song. 
Okay, one go. of their best hidden gems, I'll Be All Right Without You. Before we found out that Steve Perry was a big douchebag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, number five. Did you see Brian Kelly offer his excuse for why his southern accent sounded so shitty? I read that about three hours ago. <laughs> he claims, oh, I can't do a southern accent because we I'm from Boston. We don't have accents. What, what part? I don't know what part of Boston you're from. Right. But everybody I know from Boston has a thick accent. Exactly. It's probably the number one most imitated accent there is. Boston, yes, New York, right? Philly, Baltimore. You got to dance. You're gonna dance. Why, why would you dance? And uh, listen, whether it was dancing or I couldn't get my accent down with family. Listen, I'm from Boston. We don't have strong accents. And by the way, you cannot getting on me about my accent because you got one too what a fucking liar i mean this guy i think everything you need to know about brian kelly he leaves and 80 percent of his staff stays at notre dame right that like like i i know the special teams coordinator went with him and maybe two other people but everybody was like i'm good i'm good here thank you uh cut six a rod could have his own Manning cast on Sunday night baseball if we have a baseball season. God. I don't understand how he has a redemption story. It's crazy, isn't it? Yes. I mean, Barry Bonds didn't get one. And he was almost as hateable as A-Rod. Nope. He's been fully rehabilitated. Michael Vick has been fully rehabilitated. And I'm sure there's a couple other examples of guys fully rehabilitated when they absolutely should not be. I'm okay. Nobody is a bigger dog lover than me, but Michael Vick went to jail. He paid more of a price than a rod. Listen, it doesn't mean you should put him on TV. Plus he's terrible on TV. If you watch, he is terrible, but I, I I don't, I don't get angry. Like a lot of other people. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I just shake my head, but I also shake my head at Dave Wanstead still being on TV. Cause I'm like, he hasn't been relevant in 25 years, and he stunk. He stunk what? when he was back coaching. First team on Fox contributor. <laughs> oh, Wadi. Good old Wadi. So, yeah, so if they give A-Rod his own Manning cast, it'll be obnoxious and douchebaggy, but at least it'll take him off the main broadcast. So I'm going to call that a win if it Can happens. Can he take Jessica Mendoza with him? Uh, at, at, whoa. Don't blaspheme her in front of me. I'm a fan. Why? She's cute. Why? She's cute, and she can talk enough baseball-ish because she's played softball. That's close enough for me. I don't really care otherwise. Why? What's okay, the big deal? All right. okay, I God. find her ebullient <laughs> smile and upbeat attitude a refreshing dollop of sunshine on that broadcast. We may have to because you have her and uh, Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. Jismax. That's also one of your favorites. That's, she's, yeah. uh, I have a thing for her, but that's a whole different story. And altogether. <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, did you see Colts linebacker? This is number seven. Colts linebacker Gary Brackett is auctioning off his Super Bowl ring because he's broke. Pretty damn sad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we haven't heard this before. No, I know. He was good, though. Gary Brackett was good, too. Yes, he was. 
Yes, he absolutely was. Item number eight. A quarant a date with Tinder turns into quarantine after both people test positive. Imagine oh. that. You just thought you were gonna get a quick and easy nook nook, and now you're having to stick around for at least five days with a Tinder date in quarantine. Could you be twenty one right now? I, it would be the worst thing ever. Could I? Or would I like to be? Would you like to be? I would Let love to be. Everything I would, sucks right now. Uh, some ways, yes. Other ways, not so much. You were in the prime of your sexual career, and you're in quarantine. <laughs> and think, think about college. How terrible is this? There's no hookups. Because there's nobody around. Well, that's true. It's a challenging environment right now, but this too shall pass when it's all said and done. I just thought it was funny that Tinder date, all of a sudden they both test, and it's like, oh, shit, we got to quarantine together. Okay, so how's it going? Was good for you? Like, imagine even like her. Yeah, Yeah. right. You're like, shit, this is the ultimate coyote ugly situation where you (laughs) chew your own arm off to sneak out in the middle of the night. Uh, Number nine, have you seen the Jason Derulo fight? With the guys who called him Usher. I sure did. And I think Mr. Derulo got a little head. I think they really did think he was Usher. You don't think they were trolling him? I don't think so. I think they thought he was really Usher because, you know, we all look alike. Oh, so. boy. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but by the way, somebody, somebody said, Great how punch. can anyone confuse Jason Derulo with anyone else when he says... It's Jason Derulo every five seconds in every one of his songs. <laughs> I don't know if there's says it. He in sounds here. like Usher. He sounds like Usher. What I do one chance. I just gotta let you know. I know what I did wasn't Smooth singing, brother. I like Jason Derulo. He's actually okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, and finally, number 10, Beavis and Butthead are due for a comeback. How We've do you feel it. about we, this? We've done this before. Okay. This is like their third comeback. Okay. And it didn't go great the second time they tried to come back. So that ship is passed. Let it go. Okay. They're, it's not funny anymore. It was funny at the time. <laughs> yeah. No, it was funny. Yeah, it was funny yeah. back in the day. <laughs> because their whole stick was making fun of music videos, and no one makes music videos anymore. So it's not funny anymore. Let it go. Okay. All right. With that said, we come to our most entertaining, energetic, and vitriol-laced portion of today's ZabeCast. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Jay, who do you got? Okay, I don't have a person, but I have a school board region. So in Connecticut, there was a team, two girls playing. One, One school was called Sacred Heart. I can't remember the name of the other team, but Sacred Heart won the game. 94 to 2. Oh my God. And the coach of the winning school has been suspended for a game because the other team got beat too bad. 
And I think it was 100 to 2. I'm sorry. I might be wrong about that. Whatever. Like, those games need to be ended at halftime. And the other team has to do better. How about that? They can't do better, Jay. They're horribly overmatched. They're fielding a team basically because the school says you have to. I I, know. Do better. Hey, look. Do better? You don't think they were trying? The bad news How about Bears the team that's the, beating them lets them score a few times? The Bad News Bears lost to the Yankees in the first game like 17-2. to two. Buttermaker got Kelly Leak and Amanda to come, and they almost won the title. <laughs> so do better. Okay. It's possible. All right, so your FTG is to who? The Connecticut School Board for uh, suspending this coach for a game. Uh, okay. For beating another team too bad. Wow, all right. All right, my FTG goes to a guy who used to be a shock jock, used to be a bad boy, used to be a, wow, I want to hang out with that guy kind of guy. Howard Stern has gone off the deep end, Jay, when it comes to this pandemic. He's now complaining about Oprah Winfrey going out too much in the middle of the pandemic. He says, I'm really amazed by Oprah. I really am. On her Instagram, she likes to take you into her house where every night of Christmas is a big party and celebration. Flying in a different chef. It's getting very confusing to me. I see what's going on with COVID. Everyone's got it. Everyone's sick. People have 104 fever. I don't want to have 104 fever. I don't want to get sick, so I'm hiding. But everyone else is out running around, and I see Oprah having dinner parties. Wow. What happened to you, Howard Stern? Fuck you. He said, Jay, believe me, this here is turning into a third world country because of this, the fucking morons we have living here. It's a sad commentary on my country. That's a little extreme, Howard. This is my country, he says. I've got too many morons living here. We could be past a lot of this COVID business, he says. Now, I'm not into freedom, he says. I don't feel good about what's going on. I might have to run for office just to clean this fucking mess up. He is a hypochondriac. Certified, bona fide, terrified. Documented. 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 All right, Jay, God bless you. Good run tonight. We'll check in next week. In the meantime, enjoy week 18 of the NFL season. Bye now. And that'll do it for me. Thank you for listening and tuning in. As always, appreciate the good word that this is a podcast worth listening to. We'll see you tomorrow.